Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Koshi. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jimmy Rafferty, the mayor of Pascrishan. Uh, man, what a great career he's had. And he's leveraging all that experience to to be a great mayor now for the city of Pascrishan. Speaking of leveraging your, your history as a business person and, you know, sort of a jack of all trades, the farmer dentist, uh, Jay Willis, who's the uh, new mayor of the city of Pascrishan. But you know, you've you've you spent a year. You and I talked about this before. You spent years as a dentist, and you were in the dental development business. And uh, now you're the the mayor of Pascagoula. How's it been? Oh, it's been great. It all fits. I, I feel I was fully prepared for what I jumped into, and uh, things have been great, Ricky. Thanks. Well, I told you, I can't, I can't, I'd be remiss if I didn't add to this. You, your daughter is, you know, I know her, I know her husband really well. I know I've gotten to know your grandkids through, through them, but they're very proud of you. And uh, I can tell that you have an incredibly supportive family around you. That's that, you know, for every great man, you're going to find an amazing woman and an amazing family behind them if they're successful. That's true of you too, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is, Ricky. And I know you understand that of all the things in our lives and all the hats we wear, being a father and uh, a grandfather now is, is probably the most important thing that I do. It, it really is. So let's talk for a second about uh, Hurricane Ida. Um, so here you are, a new mayor. You look south and you see this you know, this this incredibly strong storm, you know, obviously off our shore, it was a category four storm. Uh, all the models had it going in one direction, but, you know, we know from our history that it could always make that turn north. What was going through your head as you contemplated, you became the mayor of the city and that it might get challenged again? Um, you know, it, it probably was a was a, a moment of, please, Lord, don't let it hit us, but give me strength if it does. A lot of that, and also being prepared in the event that it did. Um, I grew up in Pascagoula. I was probably in 10th grade when Camille hit and have some memories of the terrible devastation of Camille that we all had on the Gulf Coast. And, uh, and then all of the storms from Camille to Katrina and from Katrina to Ida, just preparing in my mind. So how do I deal with this now that I'm mayor of the town? What are my responsibilities? What are the expectations? How can I use my leadership to help others in the community as we approach this? And so much of it really, I guess, depends on being staying calm and being rational and using your best judgment and trying not to panic Although, as we sat and watched the storm coming across the tip of Cuba, we knew it could be us. Uh, there was no question about it. It would, Every day that it got closer, it was a, a little more obvious and a little more uh, easing our minds that uh, it, it appeared it was going to impact our friends in Louisiana uh, directly and us indirectly. So... I, you know, we just talked about this just a few minutes ago with Jimmy Rafferty, but as a new mayor, you look around yourself and you see all these dedicated employees of the city who just sort of know what to do to prepare that city. That's got to that's got to give you a lot of pride, huh? 
Oh, it's amazing. And, you know, I can't say enough good things about our police department. They were there from the beginning before the storm hit, through the storm and through the flooding that we had on Monday. Our fire and rescue people, uh, Chief uh, Krebs has just done an amazing job. And all the public works employees who left their homes and left their families and were there to maintain the functioning of the city of Pascagoula because, you know, things have to continue through a storm. And thanks to the hard work and dedication of all these people and others, we made it fine. We did okay. And, you know, to have a guy like you who's you know, lived a life and then almost, I mean, you obviously get paid as mayor, but it's almost like you decided to, to volunteer in a way because as we mentioned, as I mentioned the first time we met, they never pay you enough to do the job of mayor. There has to be more to it than that. There has to be a higher calling. But you you do have that higher calling, and uh, you then have the ability to express to them how much you appreciate their leadership, how much they appreciate them going beyond a call of duty. And uh, sometimes just being there to, to pat them on the back and, and let them know that you you notice their great work, it makes a lot of difference, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. And it's a sense of satisfaction that I don't know that I could get from anywhere else. And I'm certainly enjoying it. And I feel blessed to have the opportunity to be mayor of Pascagoula at this particular time. I'm looking yeah. forward to the next four years. So how, um, how any lingering effects uh, as, you, as you analyze where you are today? No, we really just, we dodged a bullet. And I know that everyone's saying that on the coast, but Pascagoula and Jackson County really in particular, uh, you know, we had significant thunderstorm bands and uh, unbelievable rain coming in from the Gulf that were just devastating east of us in Hancock, Harrison County, of course, in addition to Louisiana. And then it sort of took a skip and it was, was pounding Mobile and Pensacola hour after hour after hour while we were sitting on Sunday uh, in fact, we had neighbors over for dinner Sunday night. We did not lose power through the storm. And uh, I hate to say a non-event, but we, we know it could have been terrible. It just wasn't for Pascagoula. Uh, businesses did well. Um, we had very few uh, reports of damage to any business or residents in the city. Now, the flooding that was Monday morning, which was truly a perfect storm, as we had high tide, we had a storm surge, although not extreme on top of the high tide that prevented the eight to 10 inches of rain from clearing the ditches in the city. Uh, we had some a lot of streets flooded and it got into some homes and, and a few businesses, but nothing that was damaging. Most of that already has been repaired and cleaned up and we're, we're quickly getting back to normal. Well, it's, it's really good to hear that. Um, Sean Tindall said on the on the show this week that he was almost reticent to use the word dodge the bullet because that was the term I used as well. He said we dodged the brunt because <laughs> you know, if, you, if you had if you had water in your house, and uh, you know certainly Jackson County fared well. You had the tragedy in George County. What a tragedy! to have a highway that was so used such as that one to have it washed out and people just driving off into the into this chasm it's what just a, amazing what a, uh, to, to to even imagine it terrorizes me to think about 
the terror that those people must have experienced in the middle of the night, in the middle of the rain, all of a sudden the road beneath them disappearing and them plunging into, into the, the 20, 30 foot depth. It's just, it, it's a terrible, terrible thing. What, what Sean Tyndall said is that when you have such a widespread event like this, all this rain and the swelling of our creeks and rivers and potential tornadoes and all the things that come with a storm like this, even though we're on the outside of the core, the impact was still great here in coastal Mississippi in certain places. You just never know what place is going to get hit by more than the other. And the point that he made is in a situation like this, no matter where you live, anywhere where it rained, you have to be careful. You have to drive careful. And one of the things he said is slow down. Everybody just needs to slow down because you just don't know where that next incident is going to happen. And we want everybody to survive these moments. But well, you're right. I mean, the, the, the terror in that moment there on that highway had to have been unbelievable. And, you know, we'll hear more about that full story at some point. But, you know, we're praying for the people who survived. I heard that some of their injuries are, are life-threatening. And hopefully that we can, uh, you know, they'll they'll get beyond that and live a wonderful life. But, you know, what a t terrible situation that was there in George County. Sure anything, else, anything else you want to say on the hurricane before we shift gears? Well, no, we just we just feel blessed. You're exactly right. It could happen anywhere. It could could uh, be a repeat of, of Katrina just as quickly on us as anywhere else across the coast. We we hope it's never that way. But realistically, we know there's going to be another hurricane, and we know we're going to have to be preparing for those hurricanes as as we face them. And just be calm and be prepared and do your best and and hope for the best and pray for the best. I think that's a great I think that's a great way to say it. Hey, when we get on the other side, I want to talk more about the pandemic, your thoughts of your you know, you're a dentist, you've been in the medical field your your, your entire career. Uh, talk a little bit more about the, the vaccine and uh, vaccine hesitancy. Uh, the work that Singer River Hospital and that leadership has been doing is just extraordinary. But anyway, when we come back on the other side, we'll continue our conversation with uh, the mayor of the city of Pascoola, Jay Willis. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I have the mayor of the city of Pascagoula, Jay Willis, with me now. Jay, I wish people could join us during the breaks because Kyle, Kyle is a thinker, man. He, he's funny. <laughs> he, he adds, that's why I like to, I'm having increasing times with Kyle on the air because he's just so much fun to visit with, but Kyle it's, needs uh, it's to be good. On the air. Say it again. Kyle needs to be on the air. Yeah. He needs to be on more often. That's for sure. I, I bring him in as much as I possibly can, but he's, uh, he's quite a great personality and so, such a wonderful support for me. So, Hey, Mayor, coming back to you, I had this unbelievable experience recently visiting with uh, critical care nurses and critical care teams at Singing River in Ocean Springs uh, with Lee Bond. He joined me there. They went up to the ICU, spent some time in the, uh, the uh, emergency room. What I observed were some of the most dedicated critical care 
uh, professionals I've ever seen in my life, and I'm a former paramedic from the from the, uh, early in my life, was going to be an emergency room physician and decided to ch- change my career, did an internship at the Sun-Herald, and the rest is history. But what I observed was heart-wrenching and inspiring at the same time. But, man, we are you're sitting there in Pascagoula with some unbelievable leadership at your local hospital. Isn't it great to see what's happening at Sing River with all they've been through in the last 10, 15 years and for Lee to, to be leading the hospital and, and all the workers and the citizens of the of the town. We uh, we totally rely on, on Sing River Hospital for health care here. Yeah, it is. It is sad to see. I saw I see, there were 16 people on ventilators in the ICU. There were 12 on ventilators in the surgical ICU. There were three on ventilators down in the emergency room and in, in their in their trauma rooms waiting for rooms upstairs. It was just heart wrenching the, what they're having to deal with. And I say this, I've said this many times, but it's sort of like child abuse. It's kind of hard to think about it. Uh, it's out of, out of sight, out of mind. Most people is better for most people. But in this COVID moment, I wish that our medical professionals and what they're going through on a daily basis was not out of sight, out of mind. Because if, if I could take all of our listeners with me to show them what I saw, any of them who were hesitant to get a vaccine, they would turn around and get it th- within a minute. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, so you're, you're a doctor. What's your, what's your view on this situation? Why, why did we have so much vaccine hesitancy? Uh, I think it's a basic distrust of the government, which is very hard to overcome with all the the trauma that the government has has uh, inflicted on the on society the last number of years, and just a distrust. And uh, and and I, I really feel like that uh, the only solution to this pandemic is vaccinations. And. Uh, uh, if people could could just understand that they're choosing to get COVID if they choose not to get a vaccination, that perhaps that would make a difference. I don't know if anything will make a difference, Ricky. It's, a, yeah. it's sad. Well, I, perspective, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry, Jay, can you finish? Yeah. My perspective with this entire pandemic goes back to the early years of my dental practice. I had been out of dental school uh, probably six or eight years uh, we didn't wear masks. We didn't wear gloves. Uh, if you can imagine working in someone's mouth without gloves, that's the way I was trained in 1979, graduating from uh, dental school at the University Medical Center. And that was the standard of care. The thing that changed it was the AIDS epidemic. Because in 1984, 1985, all of a sudden this virus showed up that was extremely uh, destroying many elements of our um, our society and citizens and you had to protect yourself and others and all of a sudden we were wearing gloves masks eye protection in 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 treating patients and it was such a change but at the time it was such a a a, a terrible disease and my, my analogy is so many of the AIDS patients are the AIDS prone patients back then were begging for anything they could possibly get from healthcare that would help prevent them from getting AIDS. 
the the stories you heard of people showing up and saying, you know, whatever medication cocktail you have for me, whatever trial drug, please let me have it. I don't want to get this disease. And I look back at those years, 35, 36 years ago, and I wonder why it is that as a society, we don't feel the same seriousness and, and the need to, to have the same attitude of, oh my gosh, whatever it takes, let me have it. I'm, it doesn't matter if it's not FDA approved. Anything that might keep me or my family or my children or my grandchildren from getting this disease, give it to me. Let's have it. And um, it, it's just different. It's a different time. Jay, I, I think I think the, the story on this on this virus, when it's all said and done, will be the role that social media played in spreading misinformation, so much misinformation. I think that's really that's really the biggest story. The good news is a Kaiser study recently pointed out that about 30 percent of the people who have not gotten the vaccine could be convinced to get it. There's also a group in the teens that you're not going to change their mind. And we try to sort through those because as long as there's a percentage of society that might change their mind and get the vaccine. I'm going to stay focused on trying to get the best information out there as I possibly can and turn them one at a time because for every person we turn, it's a step in the right direction. And also I might add that it's it, it shouldn't take knowing someone who died to get you the vaccine. And hopefully we can we can continue to turn these numbers. But anyway, I appreciate you so much. And uh, any final words before we get off? we got about a minute left. Now, um, everything's going good. We're, we're hoping for the best with the, that we've hit the peak of the, of the uh, uh, COVID pandemic or this, this uh, version and are on our way down. I don't know if the, the downslope will be as quick as the upslope, but certainly hope it, it would be. Uh, I, one, one of the things I shared with Lee Bond is as a dentist giving injections every day, all day long for 35 years, you run into a lot of people who are very fearful and absolutely cannot stand the thought of needles going into their body. And I think the media is doing such an injustice to the cause by continuing to show 15 or 20 images of needles in arms and thinking that's going to convince somebody to get vaccine it's doing just the opposite you know, sometimes it's that simple just a fear of the needle that's that right. keeps people away from it but think of the needles you'll get if you get covid that's the important thing to kind of that's point right. out here anyway jay willis the mayor of uh, pascagoula thank you for your time we look forward to talking to you again in the near future thank you ricky great visiting with you you bet have a great day and we'll uh see you later we'll see you tomorrow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.